you're either you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. Welcome aboard. It's episode 17 of Riding the Bus, the official I Am a Wild podcast presented by Explore Minnesota. Headed your way, Ben Gislason, voice of the I Am a Wild. Joined by my co-host now of 17 episodes, Mr. Joey Goldstein, our head of marketing here with the Iowa Wild. And how about that? 17. We're knocking on the door of 20 here pretty soon. Yeah, we're soon. getting there. Next thing you that? know, it'll be 21 and then 22 and, and maybe even 23. But I like how we're kind of... Nice we're counting. Not, yeah, Good. Yeah. We practice Good. as we start, you know, our yeah. mic tests here. We don't usually get to the 20s, though. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could count that. Yeah, out. I can do that. Oh, I'm, very good. I got... I that some, UMass education. I got some Bang. talent. I got some talent. Uh, no, I think what I like here is is we're keeping people on their toes. You know, it's like when's the next episode going to come out? When's the next episode going to come out? Here it is, right in your face. Bang! Boom! Yeah, here we are. Early mid mid March, not early mm-hmm. March, mid March. Yeah. Apologies but, for any uh, uh, people that were wondering why has it been so long. Uh, I think we 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 prefaced the season well enough. Yeah, there's it, just I it just, ebbs and flows, and it's mainly my fault. It really is not mm, my choosing, no. but my fault because of the schedule and the fact that, especially, in, I think it's just kind of amazing we're getting one done in March because I'm just kind of. Yeah, we, this, we've just evaporated into thin air in March, really. Like, yeah. We're here for the games this weekend or last weekend as this comes out, but that's kind of it. Yeah, and I, I certainly don't think it's it's your fault. It's just the oh, nature. Thanks, pal. Yeah, no, hey, I got thanks. you. It's it's if it's your fault, you know I'll throw you under the bus. Every I don't time. think that it is. I just think it's just the especially na- after the last episode. Whoa. Yeah, I just wow. think it's just the nature of like you said, it's the schedule, right? And with with travel and mm-hmm. coming back, like the guys aren't practicing every day, like like you would think that they are. There's there's days off incorporated, and if Team's playing well. Maybe coach decides, all right, we'll, we'll throw in an extra day off to get some extra rest, especially when you're in this point in the year where you're grinding. It's it's all these and games. And rest in, is more important than practice. These games a lot are, of times in, now. are yeah. so intense yeah. right now, and they're way more physical than they were at the start of the season. So, like, rest is so, so important. And we're trying to take advantage of those days where we might be able to do that. So, that's kind of why it's been pushed a little bit here and there, but certainly nothing that. Like, like you said, it's out of our control. So People are also going to think they must just do podcasts when the team's playing well. Had two in January. Yeah. <laughs> February is the worst month no. of the season for the Wild, and we dissipate. And now we're back on a you know winning streak, four of five, and here we are again. No, and like the plan was to do one in February because we said we want you know, want to stick mm-hmm. to once a month, and we missed mm-hmm. that. We missed what was it December, and we were like, we don't want to do that again. And we did. And then things <laughs> changed. It's, it's but it it's a lot trickier when the team's out of town and. You know, we don't want to do this. We could have done it over Zoom, and, and we just don't. We don't want to do that. It's better when we're yeah. all present in the same place. And yeah, so and I can reach out and touch your shoulder, yeah. just like this. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, episode seventeen. Uh, we have a great episode for you today, and, and one that if you would have asked me last season if we would have had Marco Rossi on a pod, uh, po- Marco Rossi on a podcast, podcast. the podcast that's actually that's pretty good. Like considering the name change from Rossi to Rossi and. Podcast to pod. That's pretty good. It's not bad. The podcast. It's okay. That's a, a nice Freudian slip. The podcast, to finish my sentence, I would have said, maybe not. He is such a different person this yeah. year, and in a lot of ways, a different player. And, and, and not that, again, we talked about it when we when we chatted with him. I mean, he's the single-season rookie leading scorer. For uh, now. Yeah, for, uh, for, that's a good point. Sammy Walker's coming close, although he's <laughs> he's getting some uh, notes against him because he can't contribute in the AHL right now in the yeah, NHL. Yep. Um, but 
there's a different element to Marco's game, and there's certainly a different element to Marco in the locker room right now. Uh, the banter, we talk about his quick wit. We learned Marco Rossi the prankster, and we got some actual concrete evidence about that. Uh, it's a great episode, but uh, some some notes, some things to get to to open our podcast as we always do. Uh, Joseph, I'll hand it to you for uh, our preamble to these notes. Mm. Our, our podcast presented to you by start over again you, you came in really soft i need more i need, need more, more i need more bravado our podcast presented by our podcast presented by come on right in the bus the official podcast of the iowa wild is presented by explore minnesota we love explore minnesota we do so uh, nobody better to present this podcast to you before we get started Got some words on Explore Minnesota that I'm going to read hopefully well. Sometimes the magic of a moment is really hard to put into words, and vacation memories are known to expand with time. That's how a trip to Minnesota feels and how it leaves you. Memories that become part fact, part feeling, but every time 100% real. Oh, you you knew. You knew that I one. I got these memorized. These make it on the broadcast, too. Plan your dream vacation at exploreminnesota.com today and, and you know make those memories last a lifetime. You may be able to hear in the background of this whole podcast that includes the interview with Marco, some cheering going on. Yep. Uh, state tournaments going on right now here at Wells Fargo Arena. Should give out a, a disclaimer to that so people don't just think we're adding in a, a, a or any kind of cheering <laughs> And natively to our podcast. Well, people are cheering yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, that's right. what's ha- this is piping in <laughs> through the arena. People are like watching basketball yeah. but listening to me. And yeah, exactly. Um, um, but, no, yeah, the Explore Minnesota reads, I love reading them every game because as a native son of Minnesota, it, it makes me think, and um, I always I, I think about it the off season and not that I'm chomping at the bit for the off season because I'm so excited. It seems like this team's in a playoff spot right now, and it seems like they're there to stay. Um, yeah, they're, they're in a really good spot. Um I think that they've had their tank, they've had their their free fall, and they've they've corrected now in just the nick of time, and so that to me puts them in a great spot. I mean, let's, if my math's correct, you're eight points on the Wolves. Yes, Chicago has some games at hand, but if Iowa just manages to win more than they lose, not even win their way out, but win yeah. more than they lose the rest of the way in the remaining 15 games, they're in great shape. And I think what works in Iowa's favor and and obviously it's the AHL there's no such thing as an easy game nothing mm, set in no. stone but there's there's you know the schedule is you could say favorable yes. in our direction we we still have San Diego four times which I, I'm pretty sure statistically is at the they're bottom of the league. the league yes um and they're they seem to be shipping off a lot of their veteran guys to give them opportunities elsewhere so, no Grimaldi, so that, he's now in Rockford unfortunately that's a team but, who's yeah. but yeah they lose Dylan Sakura but they get Grimaldi yeah. right so like that's a team that's kind of trending the opposite direction. We've got Grand Rapids, who we've had their number most of the year. We got them two more times. We're getting Chicago again, who who we've had some battles with. Obviously, they've, they've, also, they've been playing so much better than they were early in the season. And there's also something to be said about a team. I think it's four or five, in, four in a row now. Mm-hmm. The, like it's it's really hard to beat a team five times in a row. Yeah. And you could say the same about the Wild and, and the Griffins in, yeah. in their upcoming matches, but. I do think that that whenever you see a team that's strung together win after win after win after win against an opponent that you play mm-hmm. ten times a year, it's hard to do it again and again. So we're gonna get Milwaukee a couple more times. Yep. Those games have been battles. We played very well against Coachella. We're gonna see them twice mm-hmm. in their building. So like, certainly, 
we're not going to win, you know, fif- go 15 and all. We're getting, go, maybe not go on a 15 game point streak or whatever. But there's, I, I, it's like you said, it's, it's tough to see this team falling out of the position that they're in right now. But anything can happen. There's still a lot of hockey mm-hmm. left to be played. But the table is set. And Correct. to your point, the only thing Iowa has going against them is they've played the most games of any team in the division. So you're looking. The Wolves got three games at hand. That's a little bit of a that's the one thing that you kind of go, ooh, because those are three nights you, and I do you, think you don't have a hand in. You, by the you, end of the month, everybody's, everybody should be able to speak because I think it's the last week of March. We don't have a game. Yeah. So I think mm-hmm. that's like the catch-up week where I think everybody else is probably going to yeah, get caught I, up. I think it's uh, – do we play Saturday or Sunday? No, it's like the, the – Is it a that, full week? The whole week we don't have oh a home my game. Gosh. We might play like the weekend, that's, like leading that, into it. But like, that sounds so nice. It's like, the, so the, nice. it's like the last week in teams here uh, practicing because I know because we get player appearances and stuff going on yeah, that week. So, like, yeah. the guys are around, but we don't have any games. So, I would assume that's when everybody else is going to get mm-hmm. caught up with those games. At it hand. makes sense because, like, I, it's funny. I was talking to my wife about this. Like, this season has felt – like it's gone so much faster than last season's. And I think part of that is because from November, really kind of now it's starting to decline a little bit from November into like early March. It was three, four games a week. It was nonstop. Every week. Yep. Every week. Yep. So it makes sense why the Wild have played the most of, I think, any team. Well, Calgary's played one more. But 15 games remaining, that's that's the second fewest of any team in the league. So it makes sense why now it's going to stretch out a little bit. And I'd rather have it that way late in the year because mm-hmm. we we just talked about rest. it with the rest, rest right? Is so I mean, big. Everybody's got something right now. The broadcasters are dealing with something right now this time of year. I mean, everybody's grinding. Everybody's got He's something grinding. that's wearing them down. I mean, it's it's just it's that time of year where I think the more time you can get to rest or to spend a short amount of time on the ice going through just your systems and more mm-hmm. of your functionality of the game as opposed to going out there and blasting the guys like you do early in the season to get them in shape. There's a lot favoring Iowa this time of year, and it seems very, very likely that they're going to make their second-ever postseason appearance. It really, I feel very confident about it right now. hope so. We, mm-hmm. I remember talking about it early in the year, and there's just, there is something special with this group. Yeah. Like it's, it's there, and... You know, hopefully that's something that starts to really come to the forefront here over the next couple uh, next couple of weeks. But like you said, I got some. We did this at the beginning of January, but uh, I, I just jotted down some notes. This is where the know? wizard came out of. This is where the, the wizard yeah, came yeah. from. Well, that's really taking on a life of its own. By yeah. the way, Jess Jess Dunham with the with the wizard emoji. It's Everywhere, it's I genius. Love it. we, gotta it's genius. T- we gotta make t-shirts yeah, or something. It's just genius. Um, I don't know what Nick thinks about it, but how can he not like it? It's a great nickname. Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's, Every time you're like, and there he is, yeah. his head's up. He's got the puck again, yeah. his head's up, and yeah. man, he just does some Magic things. I'm like, in my head, flying out of his hands. He's a wizard. He's a wizard. Seven game winning goals, man. It's most of anyone yeah. in their second most in the league. It's incredible. Um, all right, my first question this is a question, a first comment question, but it is a question, and it's for you. We never got to it because we didn't have an episode in February, but you had long said you hated the month of February. Mm. This was before we... That's we why went, we didn't have a podcast. Yeah, well, it's before we had <laughs> We're gone, not doing an episode You know, it's before month. we, 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 we kind of sputtered for a little bit, but, you know, you had long said, yeah, I hate the month, and I'll get to it when we get there, and I'll tell you why. Why, why do you hate February? It's a little intangible, and actually this, mo- this, this, this February didn't feel that long it's it's this weird juxtaposition of it's the shortest month of the year but it feels like the longest okay and the days are dark and they're cold and they're dank and there's snow and 
I like December, ask my wife, like I am out rolling in the snow, snow angels, bring on Christmas, bring on the season. January. I, I don't mind January. I, I've, I've, I remember talking to Tim Army about this and he said he did. He, January is his February um, to, for me. Like what February is to me, January is to Tim Army. But I don't mind January. But for whatever reason, and it may have been like I, I think it honestly may have happened most when I was playing the North American League and I was, I was playing in Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I just, I remember with my roommate at the time, North American League plays, I think it was maybe 60 some games and you're in February and you're in game like 40 something playoffs. Don't feel like they're there yet, but also just like we were talking about with the players, when you're playing, like something hurts, your groin hurts, your groin's not going to get better till the end of the year. Your hip's not going to get better till the end of the year, your shoulder, something, everyone's got something plaguing them. And I think from then on out and, 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 you know, living in Flint wasn't necessarily the greatest thing in the, in the world either at that time, loved my billets, but the actual living in Flint part wasn't that great at the time. And I think from there on out, I just like, I went, man, it just, it's a bad month. There's just, it's, and the only holiday is one that as much as my wife will probably blast me for it. Like there's not that much, there's not that much significance behind it. I like historic holidays and Valentine's day. It was, I was going to make you say it if you weren't going to say it. It was, it was made up to make February better. I mean, it was, and I appreciate the effort. Hallmark holiday. I appreciate the effort to make it better, but at least for me, it it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it better. I I got a feeling that, Someday Ben's gonna come around on February. I can just see it like guy hates the month of February so much and then like that'll be the day. His his child's born in February. Now he loves the month. That or something would be, like that. That would just, be it's all I, gonna, that's maybe perfect. Then I would maybe then I would like then I would have no months I, yeah, I, I hate. No so maybe that's a good plan. That's um, a good plan. All right. It's a good hockey birthday too, February. It is. Yeah. It is. All right, here's here's the rest of what I got. I'll kinda funnel through here. Uh turn around bright. Oh. Just what a warrior that guy is, huh? Well, Blo- no, I I mean, I thought it was one thing watching Joe Hicketts constantly get in front of shots and block them. And correct me if I'm wrong, are they, they're related, right? I think Like cousins so. in some way? I think so. And it must run it's the family because there's, yeah. there's some grit factor within the two of those guys, but they are not afraid to just eat a puck, take one for the team. And I've seen, I've seen on the broadcast and out there, I've seen Turner block some shots that just – they just oh, look they like hurt. they hurt, and they're one timers, yeah, and they're, they're loaded. Yeah, he, it's, and and I mean, what the ultimate moment as someone who didn't block shots like Turner Rottenbright did, but who who blocked my fair share of shots when I played, what a moment to have Adam Beckman score that shorthanded goal in Rockford after the after block. he blocks the shot yeah. like that's. It doesn't get any better yeah. of a shot block than that when you block a shot and it turns into a goal. It's for like your when team. The, it's like when someone breaks a stick and the equipment staff throws <laughs> yeah. a stick yes. over the yes. edge and the guy yes. takes it and scores a yeah. goal. Like yeah. it's the little things. Like yeah, you're not coming up on the score sheet getting the assist, but you should be getting an assist. Otherwise, that puck's probably in the back of your net right. and the game's tied instead of going two nothing because of Adam Beckman and that yeah. by the way stopped the nine game losing streak. Mm-hmm. So I mean that. That moment, I said it on the air, that was the biggest shot block of the season. And between him and Joe Hicketts, yeah, they've made oodles of them. Ryan O'Rourke's in there, too. I'd be He's curious, too. I know it's it's not like the NHL. The NHL tracks, you know, shot oh, blocks. Oh, I'd love it. I'd be curious to see where those guys stack up. In they the have it. Like, our staff has it. I don't want to bug them on it on a daily basis, right. which is why I don't. Like, I remember last year for a while, I, I would go and get face-off stats from, mm-hmm. from Keith Paulson. And, he, I mean, he gave them to me every time. I just eventually, I was like, I just, I kind of felt annoying like i'm like yeah. hey give me the face maybe I when the season and ends and i wouldn't use them every at. night either so i kind of felt bad bugging them but i know they have it and but it doesn't take it doesn't take someone who knows coursey ratings and 
all the hockey analytics in the mm-hmm. world to know that Joe Hicketts and Turner Ottenbright probably lead this sure. team in shot blocks. All right, a couple more here that we'll, we'll try to run through. Uh, I don't, I'm sure you've seen, everybody's probably seen, goalie goals are very in right now. Um, let's, just talk, let's, let's just talk about the Central Division goaltenders. That, I mean, that that one night alone, we had a goalie goal with a celebration that was like, let me tell you, I think goalie goal celebrations are like big guy well, celebrations he in football. He got, he got ejected. Because he got in a fight after. <laughs> this, we'll get to that. No, no, Kachikov did? Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. That's right, he did. He did. So, he celebrates. It's like watching an offensive lineman score a touchdown in football. You rarely get to see it, enjoy it. Make and we saw the same thing with Jesper going down the line, just having a great time. I thought Jesper's was tasteful, and it's not just because, like I, I, I work for the Wild. I did sure. think Kachikov win. It was a little, little over the top, over the over the top line. but I think that's where the fight came in, yep. and then that's yep. when he got ejected. And he also got ejected the following night. However, <laughs> however, that same last time that happened, that same night. Uh, you had Milwaukee and and Texas just center ice, awesome. lights yeah, down so like great. Madison Square Garden. Just wasn't a great fight, but it was a goalie fight nonetheless. Place was so, jammed. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So yeah, goal, really cool. Goal, that, big things are in in right now for goalies. And all, hold on, all those guys: Askarov, first round pick. Kachikov is the future of the Carolina Hurricanes yep. goaltending, and and yes, yes Ball said first round pick, future of the Minnesota Wild. And you've got Sebastian Kosa, who's in the ECHL right now in Grand mm-hmm. Rapids. Who, who, I mean, I don't know if he would have been, been involved in this crazy yeah, weekend of goalie craziness, but um, but just let alone that it's three guys that. This isn't just your ECHL call-up coming up to make a splash. These are NHL-caliber goaltenders that are prospects. doing all these Bonafide crazy, studs. wild things. So it's really it's a fun time to be involved in, in the Central Division. On, and on that note, I'm going to need Zane to score a goal. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to need Zane to wow. score a goal. Okay. Um, I You can fact-check me, Elias Sports Bureau, go for it. Has any team ever had two goalies score an empty net I, goal in season? I don't think so. So, I don't know. Zane. Trying to think who Martin Brodeur's backups were. Uh, Kevin Weeks. Anyways, next on my list. Yeah. <laughs> um, we went through a stretch where just everyone is sick. Still guys are getting sick. The Joe, uh, Hickett, did, the Joe who, Hickett's game. Who gave – who did they eat bad seafood somewhere? I mean, what's no, going on? No, I think they're I, – uh, talking to our, our trainer about this, Dan Barker, he said that, like, there was uh, – and he has a he has a young child. That his child's not in school it's yet. Stomach bugs. Stomach yeah. bugs that was going around. Kind of hitting everything. And, and, and I, think it, I think it made its way in. I don't know – I don't know what – player but i think it made its way in from a player that had a has a sure. kid in school yeah, yeah. I, I really think that's how it got has, in. And, uh, and then once you get on the bus and you, close quarters and you get in and you get in rooms together i mean we were we were playing room roulette on the road i mean i was getting calls left and right saying can we get this guy out of this room and this guy out of this room and because and then if someone's if you and i are in room together and you're sick i can't throw somebody else in that room knowingly with me because i've been exposed yeah. so we, we we had so many guys with their own rooms i'm like some of these guys this are, is what the show some of these like. guys are going to start bsing me and saying they're sick yeah. just to get their own yeah. room here that's what's going to start happening soon um but yeah it, it was and still you win three of four and could have very easily won that game um in milwaukee too the opening one mm-hmm. but uh, pepto-bismol sponsoring us yet? yeah they should be yeah, gal, and I, I sent you that picture of, of our trainer of buy, buying we bought Pepto all the Bismol and we all. Uh, Imodium yeah, at, at the rest stop somewhere yeah. in Indiana on our way back from Grand Rapids because he ran out. Yeah, down we the were. Road. Yeah, it was. It was I woke. I woke up to that, and I was um, like, oh my And goodness. Joe Hicketts playing in that game and playing like twenty 
some minutes that night, the the first Grand Rapids game, just one of the great, again, added into the, the legend yeah. of Joe Hicketts, who, by the way, almost won the poker tournament the yeah. other night, yeah. too. Um, but added into the legend enigma. of Joe Hicketts, where I'm, you know, I'm sitting at a distance from him. He's eating. He looks like death. He mm-hmm. He's pale. He's sick. He's been up all night. He said he'd slept 15 minutes, maybe. And he goes, well... You can't play in every game if you don't play in this one. I'll see you tonight. And he had like three bites of bread and he leaves. And then he plays in that game. It's just incredible. It's incredible. Unreal. Incredible, Joe Hicketts. Uh, Three more quick ones. Uh, Obviously, we've talked about a little bit. Marco's heating up like he's playing NBA jams, NHL hits, (laughs) whatever you want to refer it to. The guy's really starting to pick up steam, and that should be scary for anybody who's coming to play against this Iowa team. Far and away the player that that I've seen most take over games this year uh, on on either side Mm -hmm. of of the ice i think lucas reichel's done it a couple of times Mm -hmm. but when when marco's got his a game at this level good luck yeah he's good luck yeah Yeah, it's you're not touching him um (laughs) we can leave this and we can cut out or not that goal review of milwaukee was something um yeah i I, the only thing i can think about on it is like i don't remember seeing if the ref waved it off on the ice they didn't call it a they goal. They, no, they just like he just kind of stopped the play. It's just I just it, I never saw it go. In, so I don't know. Net. But either way, uh, last one question for you. Um, coming up here, we've got a, a trip to the West Coast, Coachella Valley, and San Diego. One I'm very jealous uh, of you for being able to to go on. But what are you looking forward to most outside of you know seeing Coachella's brand new building yep. and all that kind of stuff? What are you What are you looking forward to? Well, I love San. I'm excited to see Palm Springs, um, but I I love San Diego. And last year was my first time going there, and we didn't get much time because it was. It's always a bummer, and this hap- this has happened to me twice in Loveland now, which I I love Colorado. I, I I love hiking. I love going to the outdoors. I love seeing, especially different styles of 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 our country and the world in general. But so getting to Colorado, you sometimes the schedule doesn't work in your favor, where you go to these great cities. And you get in, you play, you play, you leave. Having an off day is a blessing. And we have technically two in San Diego, mm-hmm. a full off day on a Sunday where we, because we travel from Palm Springs to San Diego overnight, play Saturday, day off Sunday, practice day Monday. And practice day is, it's two hours of your time mm-hmm. really is taken for. And then the rest of it, there's a little prep that you do and, and getting ready for games. And there is some time where I can catch up on some work on the road too. I will say you won't, I won't do as much catching up. I think in San I'm Diego as maybe I did yeah. in Milwaukee. Um, but it's, I'm really looking forward to it uh, on Sunday. I'm planning on, I'm going to rent a convertible and I'm going to drive up the coast. It's going to be great. Un- I can't unbelievable. wait. Wind Look, in my hair. Alec Lester, media relations on. manager, just walked in, and he is he is dumbfounded. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be believe awesome. it. I, I mean, wait. I'm just I'm just jealous. Yeah. I remember going down there, you know, when we were in playoffs in San Jose and being able to just, on those days where you don't have anything going on, being able to just head down to Mission Beach, Pacific Beach, and you can rent bikes, you can rent, mm-hmm. you know, rollerblades, whatever, scooters, and just kind of go up and down the boardwalk. It's, 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 it's great. I, it's and great. I'm looking forward to getting to see it more in its entirety because I only really got – Go to the zoo. The zoo in San Diego. I only got an evening Top notch, too. So, That's, and that, that whole La Jolla area is, is just yeah. incredible. Yep. And the cliffs, and, and it's. They got yeah, some sea lions there. It's, it's cool. Um, all right. Let's, let's, we've babbled. Let's, let's land get, the plane. Let's give let's it a Marco. Plane, let's give it a Marco. Most people have fast forwarded through this part of the yeah, way to get to Marco. You. So, uh, without any further ado, the ninth overall selection of the Minnesota Wild in 2020 is Marco Rossi, not Rossi. 
Welcome back to Period 2 here on Riding the Bus. This is Episode 17, and it's great to be joined by one of the top prospects in the Minnesota Wild organization and one heck of a guy, too. Marco Rossi is with us here today, and we're going to get to the name change almost right off the top. But, uh, Marco, it's great to be with you here today. Thanks so much for parking some time for us. I know how busy your guys' schedule is, so for, to have you here with us is just great. I know Joey and I have really been looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> took a little, took a little while to get us here. Ooh, right? Joey, yeah, okay. Right? Took a little while. Yeah, Joey, Joey has, a little, bit, has a little bit of a bone to pick. Are you good? You're comfortable? Do you need, is it too warm in here? Do you need water? <laughs> I mean, what can we do to, to, to make the experience better? Are we good? Everything ready to go? Today it's perfect. All right, then we're good. <laughs> we did have some scheduling. We went back and forth and back and forth, but uh, I can I can attest to the schedule that these guys are on. And Marco had some reasoning yeah, for, for, yeah, for yeah. us moving yep. the, the podcast back yep. a little bit. All in good but fun. You deserve some good barbs, and I'm going to get to that too. Uh, but, but Marco, for starters, this is riding the bus. The whole thought is we want listeners to be here and feel like they're on the bus with you. So mm-hmm. tell us a great bus story. And, and that could be whether you, during your time in the OHL in Ottawa or, or here with the Iowa Wild or elsewhere, any great bus stories that come to mind in the, the life of Marco Rossi so far? So usually I'm more like the quiet guy on the bus. Like I like to watch my wo- movies or maybe play some games, but not too many times because I like my time just to chill and stuff. But um, I remember in Ottawa when I played in the OHL, you always like the, like when guys were sleeping, and guys were like had like their mouth open. They were always like putting some stuff in there, so that was always fun. So nobody tried to sleep at that time. <laughs> so, so this is actually a, a great segue into a question for you, and I'm sure Joey had it too. Uh, Joey, you're you're smirking over there. I, we're gonna ask the same question. You go ahead. Probably, and ask it. yeah. yeah I mean, we. We heard from some pretty reliable sources that you are quite the prankster in the locker room. And this confirms that. That story yeah, you this, just told. Yeah, this definitely confirms it. So I guess one of my biggest questions is, you know, what do you think the best prank is that you've pulled so far this season within the locker room? This year didn't do too much, to be honest. Because I'm um, being modest. Yeah, I don't yeah. believe him. This is like I don't <laughs> no. want anybody to know it's me. It's still a mystery. <laughs> no, usually when I do something, I don't really tell anyone who did it. And sometimes they don't really know who it was the whole day or like the next few weeks, or they still don't know it sometimes. So, but I just do little stuff, maybe like something with the skates or taping the stick wrong, like for the other one, because I know it's that that's not how they want it. Or just with clear tape, like just like little things, so nothing stupid. I heard a story about some sticks and Joseph Cramarosa. Did you tape up some of his sticks one day? Yeah, I remember. Going after a veteran, too. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was we went to RecPlex, so we always have to pack our bags, and it's kind of sometimes busy after the meeting because we have to pack it, and then we have to go right away. So you don't have that much time, and I just knew, like, Cram was always, like, you know, sometimes lazy after the meeting, and then he has to hurry up and stuff. So then I'm... I knew, okay, I, I can get him now with the sticks because I think he, he would be too tired then over there at the ring. Um, or he will, he doesn't even notice it. So I was just like taping his tip at a stick with the clear tape. <laughs> so I think he noticed it, but <laughs> yeah, I tried it. Do you think he knew it was you or is this the official unveiling if he were to somehow hear this, that that day it was Marco Rossi who was behind the taping of the stick? I think he, he knew it was me he because he came up in practice and was like, was it you? And I was like, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Marco, y- the one thing I noticed early on, and you did it, you did it more last year now, and one thing I want to get to with you is you have a very quick wit. 
like your comebacks, especially this year. Last year, I think you kind of would just give that look. You'd kind of smirk. There's the Marco Rossi smirk, and that wasn't it right there for people watching, but it's a great smirk when you know you've kind of got somebody. But this year, I've heard it on a few occasions. When the banter starts happening, last year you didn't dive into it as much. This year, you're right there, and you have a quick comeback, which is impressive considering that German is your native tongue, not English. But what's in a good comeback? What, what, what do you think makes a great comeback when someone's coming at you with something? Uh, I think, like, for me, it's also fun, like, when somebody does it. So, for me, it's just, like, try to be relaxed. And um, I learned from last year, so I have more experience. So I know what to do now. <laughs> I've been told that you didn't speak until you were six. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, you were talking. And you were, you were talking a lot. Do you remember that growing up, uh, being an Austrian kid? Do you remember? And it's six years old is a long time ago, I know. Well, even longer for Joey and I than mm -hmm. it is for you. But do you remember having that, that click in your mind where all of a sudden you were Marco Rossi the speaker, not Marco Rossi the watcher? Because I've seen both happen in the locker room where you can sit and listen sometimes. You're very observant, but also you can bring it back, too, with some talking, too. I can't remember, <laughs> to be honest, that I didn't like really talk. I just know it like, from my parents. They always told me that I haven't like talked like to I was six because um, I don't know why to be honest I was just running around and stuff <laughs> but um, so yeah you were sitting and watching I've always said that about you 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 see a lot you watch a lot and it's the reason why I think you wear a letter on your sweater on this team because you see a lot of things in the room you understand the way the locker room works even though you're just a young hockey player in the second pro season in North America here but I want to go back to Austria I want to go back to growing up your father Michael was a professional hockey player you and I have talked mm -hmm. about the importance that he played in your life and I'm always curious when I talk to people who aren't from either Minnesota where I'm from or Boston where Joey's from or Canada where we know the major junior route even though you ended up taking mm -hmm. it but you Youth hockey. What is youth hockey like in Austria? Was it a lot of travel? Did you have to travel great distances to play? Was there a lot of ice available? Kind of walk us through growing up being a youngster putting on skates in Austria. Okay, it can take a long time not to talk about it. <laughs> we but got time, Marco. <laughs> this, that's the best part about a podcast. Take some time. Yeah, um, so growing up, it's not um, that hard because when you were younger, you just play with your guys and they were like with your age group or a couple years older. And um, I think when you're young, it doesn't really matter like you know like where you were playing like what team for so for me it was important to be like around like just about my kids age and i'm um, just to have fun and but austria is not like really great with development and like with the younger kids so um, i played there till i was 10 and then with 10 um, i went to switzerland because um, i live on the swiss border and that's just like five ten minutes away so for me it was a easy decision to do that because in Switzerland with that age, um, it was just easier because you have like better players, the practice was better, you have more competition. And I think that's really good like for a young guy because um, you need that competition. If you never have like competition, then mm -hmm. it will be really hard for you to um, just to get better because if you're always the best, then it's not fun probably and you don't really improve a lot. So uh, with 10, I went there to a smaller club for like two or three years and then after with 13 I went to Zurich and then all the big I would say like it was really hard the time at that point because um three years uh, me and my dad we always drove to Zurich and back like for a day wow. it always looked like I woke up like in the morning probably like at 5:36, and then I went to school and I was in school like till 4 p.m. and then after uh, we drove right away to Zurich I had practiced there and then I was probably done with the practice, probably like 10-ish. 
and then by the time I was at back at home, we had to drive back, and then it was like midnight, twelve, Ow. and what um, a grind. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, so it was midnight, and sometimes I had to learn, or I did learn on the on the on the car. So, um, so you, were stu you were studying in the car on the way home sometimes. I had to because wow. yeah, it's already at home then, but you know it's midnight and you're really tired and you want to go to bed, and. Um, yeah, so sometimes my mom or my dad, they cooked like the meal before. So it, when I come home, the food is already prepared for me. And um, then me or my dad, um, so sometimes I was eating and then my dad took care of my equipment, just like, you know, laundry and stuff. So then by the time I was in bed, it was like, like 12.30, 1-ish. And then next day, the same thing again. I'll do it again. Yeah, oh. so we did that like for three years. And um, for me, it was hard, but harder part was for my dad obviously because he has to drive and you could see it like at the steering wheel like all his sweat in it and um now i really like realize it way more when i look back um how much he did for me and my whole family did for me and um so yeah it wasn't a really easy time but i think these are little things that just makes me stronger and um i always knew like since i'm a small kid i want to be a hockey player one day so i knew um you have to sacrifice a lot of things because um you have to sacrifice your friends your family and a lot of things so um i knew i have to do that if you want to come far in hockey so um there's no other choice so yeah it's funny when he, he was telling that story that's an incredible story a and the one thing that struck me is you're always told and, and I'm told this in broadcasting too, if you think you're working hard, there's always someone working harder. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's the example <laughs> of someone working harder, right? Yeah. Driving an hour and a half uh, to, to get to a place where you feel you're at that competitive level. That's an astounding story, Marco. And it actually makes sense why you are where you are now. And I think if you talk to players that get to this level, that are first-round picks, that have played in the National Hockey League, that are getting set to play in the National Hockey League, I think we'd maybe be surprised at how many stories we hear that are that are a like lot that. of sacrifices mm -hmm. like sacrifice that. right and, and that's uh, an incredible testament to where you've gotten to and where you're headed w when did it hit you marco i love to ask this question too with guys that are at the peak of their profession and you're well on your way there when did it hit you i've worked so hard yes i've sacrificed yes but just because you work hard and sacrifice doesn't mean you're going to get to wear an nhl jersey someday was there a moment or a tournament or somewhere where you went Okay, I think I actually have a shot at this. It's tough to say like when it happened. I think it's always like a belief in you, like since a small kid that you wanna be there one day and with the time you have like more trust in yourself and when you have good games and you when you compare to other guys then you think like okay, yeah my maybe I might be there one day but you still know it's gonna be a, a lot of work to do. And um I think when I played my first pro game when I was fifteen then I really like kind of realized, okay, I can come far with hockey because you get more attention, obviously, when you play with 15, your first pro game and um, more people talk about you. But um, it's not easy with 15 to avoid like all the attention on you sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you just try to focus and um, try to work. And then when I went to, to, the, to the OHL, I mean, um, I will always realize it more. And um, But for me, it's like... I was never like, um, okay, now it's done, I'm, you know. So for me, I was always like, um, I have to keep going, and yeah.
I did get another story from uh, your father, who's one, I'm going to go ahead and divulge my source as much as journalists shouldn't do that, because I thought when he was in town recently, no better to get dirt on Marco Rossi than Michael Rossi. Um, and he told me that at one point you were 10 years old playing with a U16 Finnish team, and it took you two to three practices to realize that you were playing against people that were six years older than you. Is that true? Yeah, it was true. I remember when I was there. Um, I had a practice there, and um, I thought they were like maybe two years older than me or something. And um, because they were so big and really old, and some guys already had like their first beer and stuff. <laughs> and um, so I told my or asked my dad, "Are they really just two years older than me?" And I was like, "No, they're actually older." <laughs> so um, it, I think it was just like for my mindset because if you have told me like before they were older, you know, like much older, mm -hmm. maybe I might be scared before the practice. But um, it's more mental, I think. <laughs> and, and to that point, Marco, like you, you really do play a fearless game. And, and I was thinking about it in, in your most recent performance. This will come out after a few games uh, this weekend against the Moose. But in Milwaukee, a three-point night, that's a heavy team. You and I have talked about the heaviness that mm -hmm. Milwaukee plays with. We've done some pregame interviews. Yet there's Marco Rossi right in the thick of things, taking cross-checks, getting taken down by guys that are six foot seven. You do play with that fearless mentality that maybe you learned a little bit playing against some of those bigger and older guys when you were younger, don't you? Yeah, 100%. I mean, y you can't be scared to play because um, when you're scared, then you have nothing to do on the ice. So um, you have to have that grit and um, just the mentality that doesn't matter how big the other guy is, you can go through him too. So, um, yeah. I think it helps because you never know what role you're going to find yourself in. You know, your role down here in Iowa could be completely different than the role you expect mm -hmm. to be when you're in Minnesota. So, you know, you might not be the, you know, quarterbacking a power play like sometimes you might do here, but when you're up in Minnesota, they're looking for that grit and that tenacity. You're trying to, you know, get under people's skin a bit, as Jesper put it, to, you know, <laughs> be be a rat to some degree, but not not in that, um, not like the, the dirty, not cheap sense of the way, but, but really <laughs> getting under people's skin and really being that person that, well, I hate playing against this guy because – it's incredibly difficult every single time. I've heard that term call. You've been called that by two different teammates now. Jesper and Mitchell Chafee said you play like a rat, and they meant it as a good thing yeah. because you're in there, and it's an extra whack here. It's mm. an extra little pull on the skate here. Do you take that with pride playing that way and trying to get under other, other opponent's skins? Yeah, I mean, I've always played like that. I mean, <laughs> maybe because of my dad, he was a – Maybe a more dirty player. <laughs> so, um, so um, yeah, I looked at little things about him, what he did. So, I don't know. I just always did it. And it's just a part of my game to get under the skin sometimes about the other guys. So, um, yeah, it's just my style, how I play. You can ask Joey how much I like players that play like that because he always comments on That's that. the way that Ben likes to play. Ben likes to do that, too. He's not, Ben's not afraid <laughs> to mix it up. That's true. At a much lower level. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> when I, I want to – Talk quickly about draft day for you, because draft day for you was was during COVID, mm -hmm. right? And normally during the draft, you get all the prospects together, and everybody's in an arena somewhere, and there's you know walking on the stage and this and that. You didn't have that experience. Like, what was draft day like for you, from really start to finish, from getting the phone call that you were being drafted to just the experience of that wait? First of all, it was a really long day because for us Europeans, it was midnight. It was like. 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning so um to ha we had to stay awake for that and i mean i had all my family around me um my agent was there so a lot of people my old friends so there was one thing it was nice because like my austrian people c 
um, could have seen it. Um, obviously, it's different because you're not on the stage and um, you don't really have that experience. But um, but yeah, it was nice to be around the family and about around my friends and um, yeah, so it was nice. Did you know that? And we asked the same thing to Jesper and the mm-hmm. guys we've had on. Did you know that Minnesota was was interested? Did you know that this was going to be where you ended up? Where did you you know did you have conversations with them? What was that process like? Um, not really, to be honest, because I just had like two meetings, I think, with them or three meetings. So with the other teams, I had a little bit more meetings. So, but before you don't really know who's going to draft you. Um, maybe you have like some teams you think, oh, they could be like a team or, yeah, but, um, to be honest, um, I told my family and friends before that, um, doesn't matter who drafts me, it's going to be a special night and we're really looking forward for it. That's a similar, we've heard that similar thing where it's not a lot of conversations with the guys who end up getting picked. I wonder if that's just. Maybe that's tactical how, yeah, or yeah. Maybe that's how how Bill Guerin does it. I, maybe yeah. that's his tactic. I don't know. We should have asked him when we had him on. We yeah. we didn't do our homework on next that time. Yeah. We'll try and get him back <laughs> on to a <laughs> summer follow up. Yeah, yeah so, make him a recurring. By guest. the way, Marco was telling us. Uh, yes, but told us you didn't really talk to him before you drafted him. Yet you love <laughs> these guys. So why? Uh, uh, I, I I wanted to ask about Thomas Vanek. I, uh, someone who. You watched him more than me, although I watched him a lot because I was growing up when he came into the University of Minnesota, which was was my college love growing Mm -hmm. up. That was the team that everybody growing up in the Minneapolis suburbs wanted to play for. So when he came onto the scene, he he actually, I think, really transformed college hockey at a time. He was a different player than what college hockey had seen before. I can vividly remember him in the national championship game circling the zone with the puck, and no one could touch him. And this is the national championship game, and I think he might have been a freshman or a sophomore at the time. He's a big idol of yours. Obviously, Austrian helps. But what about his game, let alone the fact that he's from the same country as you, has you idolizing him so much? And I know you've met him, too, and you've had some conversations with him as well. I mean a lot. I mean, um, as a kid, you always looked up to him because he was the only Austrian player at that time. And um, for an Austrian hockey player, you look up to him and it's an, your idol. It doesn't matter um, if you're D or forward or goalie, you look up to him because um, that's like a motivation you have had as a kid. Because um, when you see like an Austrian guy there, then you have like more belief in yourself too. Yeah, I might be there too one day. And um, there was like a kind of like a motivation for us too, for us Austrians. So... Um, yeah, and I've met him a um, couple times now, and I mean, he's a really good person. Um, yeah, can't say just like I can't just say good stuff about him. And you've worn the same logo that he wore at one point. I mean, that ha- ha- did that ever dawn on you? You're sitting here going like, I'm wearing the same jersey that Thomas Vanek wore at one point. Yeah, it was crazy because when I got drafted, he was like texting me, and he was like, <laughs> um, "Welcome to Minnesota, and um, if you need anything, I'm here too." And um, so it was it was really nice. Obviously, someone that Minnesota means a lot to Thomas Vanek going to college there, playing mm-hmm. playing uh, with the Wild for a stint. Um, l- looking looking at, at right now, looking at where you're at, uh, I remember when you came down in November from the National Hockey League. And again, it, we're not going to sugarcoat it. That, that, was a, that was a hard conversation that I'm sure you had to have with Bill Guerin mm-hmm. at the time. But it was amazing to me to watch that player compared to the player I watched set a single season rookie record in scoring, let alone your first year here with Iowa. But, and you said right away when we interviewed you, like this, you may have had the conversation with Bill last night. And then I was barking down your door saying, Hey Marco, come on the broadcast. Like, <laughs> Thank you for doing that by the way. Um, but you said, I'm here to demand the puck. Tell us more about what demanding the puck is because ever since then, I've seen a lot of Marco Rossi demanding the puck. 
Yeah, I mean, um, when you get set da sent down, um, you just want to um, improve your whole game. You just want to work more on it. And I think um, I just got more hungrier, to be honest, because um, when you once you have been up there, you know how it is up there, and you want to go back up there. So, um, But that was positive. Um, so I, I knew what I have to do to go back up, and uh, I'm like working on my game, and I'm really happy how I'm playing right now. Um, so I play a lot of minutes, and uh, I demand the puck a lot. I just want to make more plays, and um, yeah, just get to get better. What have you learned about yourself in this process? This is hard. Uh, you, you're so close. Mm. You're so close, yet you still have to play the waiting game. What have you learned about yourself and how you've had to handle this, and, and what would you communicate to others that are in a spot like this, and whether it's in hockey or, else, or elsewhere, where you're having to wait, but you're having to know that you're so close, but you're still – it's still undetermined mm. when that moment could be when you officially do become an NHL or full-time. To have patience is the most important thing. Um, and don't think too much about it because if you think about it, you just get crazy about it. Um, you have to stay patient and just like um, really listen to yourself and um, know what you have to do to work on. And um, don't panic or anything. I mean, I'm still really young, so there's nothing to panic or to think too much about it. I mean, the most important thing is to have fun. And if as long as you have fun, then I think everything goes in your way one day. So um, for me, it's just like to keep going and have fun. As I say, we're talking about Minnesota a little bit. And, and I think one thing that I know our fans down here would love to get some insight on is, is what's the dynamic like up there within the locker room? You know, we ask a lot of our guys down here, you know, who's the prankster, who's the loud one, who's the quiet one. But I think it'd be cool to hear from you when your time when you were up there, you know, who is, who's the jokester in the locker room in Minnesota? Who is the really, really loud one? You know, who are some of those people? So, And of the people we've interviewed, you you were there the longest. Like yeah. Sammy Walker, Adam Beckman, they, they've not been there as mm -hmm. long as you've been there. So, yeah, you would you would have a heartbeat. Again, you're, you're, you know the room, you have the heartbeat on the room. So Great who question. so who would you say, I got, I got four big ones, who is, who's the biggest jokester on the team? Well, we know – Apparently, you're taking that title down <laughs> here. <laughs> so who's taking it in Minnesota? Jokes is like a prankster too. Yeah, prankster it could be. I guess. I guess it's kind of twofold. Who's so. who's the prankster, and then yeah. who's just the guy who's just constantly making everybody laugh? I would say prankster is obviously flower. I mean, you always seen yeah, it. Like one. he always thinks about it, what he wants to do. So I would say him. Jokester. Um, there are a lot of um, really funny guys, to be honest, because um. They're like always like different groups, obviously. Like you have the younger guys, they're always funny, like to stay around them. Then you have like kind of the veterans and they, I think it's a, not many teams you see that it's like such a, such a good chemistry, to be honest. And um, so it's hard to pick one guy, to be honest. Did Flower play, play any pranks on you while you were up there? Not yet. <laughs> 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 All right. Who's, who's the loudest one in the locker room? We know who the answer is. To, who, who do you think the loudest one in the locker room is here in Iowa? Beckman. Yeah, that's unanimous. Unanimous. Yeah. Who's, um. <laughs> who's the loud one up in Minnesota? Uh, maybe um, Filinio Moose. It's loud. Uh, Dumbo. All right. So, yeah. Who's, who's the quietest one in the locker room? I would say when I was up there, it was Sam Steele. Yeah, he was kind of one of the quiet guys. Be a new guy too, trying to get a little bit more comfortable mm -hmm. in, in yeah. with his surroundings. And then, who's the best dressed? Who's who's who brings their A game a when they're question. coming in on game day? I would just say Dumbo too, um, because of his suits all the time. Um, I like them, so I think him.
Good to know. It doesn't surprise a, me at all. A little bit of insight there on the that guy, Minnesota that guy's locker room got, That guy's got a good brand going. Matt oh, Dillon's yeah. got a good brand mm-hmm. going. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, anybody that knows you, Marco, knew you by Rossi at one point. We've got to get down to it now. <laughs> got to get down to it now. Because I was calling you by the wrong name for a whole year. Year and a half. Year and a half, Marco. <laughs> and I remember it was right here in this room when you came here and we met and I asked you. And... I vividly remember now Now that this has come out and you came to me, and first off, I should tell the story. We were talking, I don't forget who I was even talking with. I think it was a, a player that maybe was on a PTO in Texas and making sure I get pronunciations right. And you're so polite, Marco. And you came over, you know, hey, Ben, you know, would you mind? And you, you politely asked, like, it's Rossi. And then you even said, it's Rossi. And I said, Marco, I'm never going to get the R role. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> Rossi on the left wall. Rossi. Like, I would, I would drive myself berserk. But we've changed it since. And I told you in Texas, I said, this is going to blow mm. people's minds. And like the tweets I, and the things that I think I, that I think I texted you immediately because oh, I missed the story leading in at the beginning of the broadcast. I was probably dealing with my dog yeah. or something. And then I just started hearing Rosie. Rossi, and every once in a while you'd mix in Rossi because you hadn't picked up like you hadn't had. I it think yet, it maybe just like just do. recently, like I got through two games in a row where yeah. I've not said Rossi. And I was, so. I texted you. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what, what are we doing here? Like, what is happening? And then we had the watch party a couple nights later, and everybody's asking about it there. Like, where did this come from? So yeah, what took off? So what took you so long? Nothing to be honest. Um, all my friends were like, <laughs> it was a prank. You were <laughs> yeah, pranking prank. me this whole time. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> got us. No. Actually, like some guys from back home, um, they were like asking me, like, do they know like really how to pronounce your name? And I was like, yeah, but um, I don't know if I can, like, if they can change it during the year or something. So, um, so that's why I asked you. Um, so yeah, it's pronounced um, Rossi. Um, but I know for you guys it might be hard during like the games and stuff. So um, you guys can say it however you want it. Yeah, there's there's no rules on what we can and cannot call it. You know, we can say it however we need to. That's true. So. And I just – and maybe someday, uh, you know, maybe Joe O'Donnell will take on the, the, the rolling R. I don't know if he'll take that on, but I, I'm, I'm standing put. I'm not taking on the rolling R. <laughs> One, just sounds, one, one too many steps. One too many. One too. Yeah. So maybe next. Yeah, yeah. Maybe next year, if if I get a chance to do like a preseason game or something up there during the Tom Curvers Memorial Showcase at the Prospect Camp or something like that, or if I get a chance to see you again, maybe I'll try to take on the the, the R role. But for now, <laughs> Rossi is what it's going to take be. Take broadcasting, make it fancy. Oh my gosh. Make say Rosso's name, Rossi's name, and uh, Rossi's name. I just did it too. See, Rossi's name in cursive. That basically is what that is. <laughs> Uh, Marco, to, to finish for me, I, this has been great, and, and I and I knew it would be. And it, it was so funny. One thing we didn't have this podcast last year, but two, it's been so fun to watch you come out of your shell. And, and not that you were awkward last year, but you you were much more reserved this year. You're in every conversation. You and I have had thousands of more words this year than we did last year. It's been really fun mm-hmm. to get to know you as the player or as the person, not just the player, because we all love the player. The person's awesome too, um, but you are such a fierce competitor and seeing you in this setting, people probably wouldn't get that. Cause again, you're polite and you're courteous mm. and you're kind, but I was told that you almost broke a ping pong table one time after you lost a, t- a table tennis match to your father. Is that true? Yeah. Um, it really comes. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah, casual. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, that happened. Yeah. No, I, I'm really competitive. Like you can ask my friends or even my girlfriend, she knows how competitive <laughs> I am too. So, um, yeah, I mean, doesn't matter what we are playing even just card games or anything um i like to win so that's one thing in my dna (laughs) 
That'll take you a long way in life. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody likes everybody likes to win. That's and that's a, another unanimous thing that we've uncovered in just talking with everybody down here. Everybody's got that same same drive. So that's a big chemical makeup. My last one is more just about having been here in Iowa now about a year and a half, two years almost for you mm-hmm. being down here. What are some of your favorite places in the area? What are some of your favorite places to eat, hang out? What do you where do you like to go? For eating, I like the sushi place. It's called I think Hana in West Des Moines. I don't think I've been there. Yeah, I've it's a sushi there. place. That's really good. Um, I like to go to a Thai restaurant. It's called. Um, I don't know. I Some went of those Thai restaurants, you just you yeah. know where they yeah, are, right? You know exactly. where they are. Yeah, I, I went have a couple like that too. So many times, it's crazy. That I don't know the name <laughs> of it. Um, <laughs> Check your bank statement. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and the sports-wise, I think I like to go downtown, just like at the Capitol. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and West Des Moines, like to go for a walk. I mean, there are some n- nice neighborhoods, yep. and um, it's really peaceful there, so it's nice. All right, to finish, now is your chance. We had Jesper on. We asked him about you. Um, now is your chance. Jesper Volstead, you guys have become fast friends. I would love to get a situation where you guys were doing something where there was a winner and a loser because I think that could be an absolute war between two guys that just quite simply won't accept losing. So tell us about Jesper because it seems like you guys are on track to be on the same team for a very long time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, me and Jesper, even Simon, we came yeah. along really well since day one. And ju- we are just have uh, like a really good chemistry together. It's funny that you just bring up Jesper because today before practice he told me, you're not going to score on me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Did you score on him? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's always fun that we always like make jokes like that. I think it's always like a little like, com- like compete level in practice too because when I, sh- when I shoot I try to score and he tries to save it. And um, it's just fun. I mean, like, we try to get out under the skin of each other. And um, so, yeah, it's like. It's Did nice. you catch the be- – so the, uh, the other day the Becoming Wild segment comes out and it, they follow the team on a trip to Grand Rapids and there's a, a mic'd up piece with Jesper from Morning Skate. And at one point, I don't know if it's right before or right after you come down, maybe you score a goal. And he says, oh, I don't know if you saw that. Marco wants to be the star of the show here, is what he said. Did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have to check that one out. Okay. But, yeah, he said he does say you like to, you know, sometimes shoot his feet and get under his skin a little bit. So that's kind of set your go-to with him? Um. Yeah. One thing. <laughs> one thing. One thing. Yeah. Okay, Probably one thing. Many. Okay, well, we're not going to not follow up on that. you got to <laughs> give us a few others, Marco. Um. Anything. Like, like with the um, – the puck to the skates um i like to do that all the time p- to piss him off a little bit <laughs> and yeah even even like with shooting he doesn't like when i go all the time five four sometimes because you know that he doesn't like it um even like before the game in sewer when you play soccer um sometimes they go after him and then he's pissed <laughs> so um yeah, just little things, but it's all fun. Does that frequently come down to, because I'd imagine you're fantastic with a soccer ball uh, or a football, as you would call it. Same with Jesper and Simon. Europeans are notoriously mm-hmm. the best sewer ball players. That was the case in the teams I played on. Is it usually, are you one of the finalists usually in that game, or are, th- are there some other players that typically wind up at the end too? Pete is really good too. Nick Patan, yeah. yeah. That doesn't surprise me at mm-hmm. all. When yeah. it comes to skill stuff, they're just Nick Patan. The wizard. <laughs> yeah. He's the wizard. So, folks, is good. And a um, couple of older guys, b- but they always have more lives, you know. Like, when you kick him out, they say, no, no, that doesn't count. Or it's <laughs> they a play the seniority card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you right. <laughs> so uh. for, uh, for the rookies or for the younger guys, it's always tough to play in that, you know. But, um, yeah, 
We have to learn. <laughs> Marco, let's finish with this. Why should people bet on Marco Rossi to be a National Hockey League player? Why are you betting on Marco Rossi to be a National Hockey League player? Because um, I can play there, and um, I know how good I am, and um, I've proven it too. And um, so, yeah, I know how good I am, and um, so, yeah. I'm a believer. Belief in yourself. Not just saying Love that because I, I wear the logo. We That's see it sure. on a nightly yeah, basis. It's there. Marco, this has been so much fun. Anything we missed that you want to get to? No. No. Thanks so much, pal. This has been great. Thank you. So that was Marco Rossi. Pretty great conversation with him. Uh, not too much else really needs to be said. Mm -hmm. He's hum as humble as they come, and obviously a, a, as he should be a true believer in himself that he has what it takes to play at the highest level and, and is confident that he will play, and I think we both are too. I, I really am, and I, when, you, when, when you endorse players here, I think people might listen and say, well – wearing the logo they pay yeah, they, no, they pay his not, meal ticket but no. we could still have marco on and have a great conversation and, and not have asked him what we asked him about th that and, and he's in a hard spot where if you go on twitter i mean there's naysayers and there's people oh and it bust and this mm -hmm. and bust that and and i i tell you what like watching him as much as i've watched him and seeing the growth and specifically the growth in areas that he 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 didn't excel in the the year ago like this guy that story of of him and his father driving an hour and a half every night and getting home at midnight to to study after going to Switzerland to play i mean that's who he is like this is a guy that he's got all the talent in the world i mean this is this is a wonderfully talented hockey player and a wonderfully intelligent hockey player that's mm -hmm. probably his greatest asset yeah. but his drive all like he's on the bus he's watching highlights he's watching plays he's watching things from that happened in the national hockey league that night other guys are are playing cards and that's not and all due respect to those guys too but he has one thing on his mind and that's getting to the national hockey league and uh, like i said in the podcast when you're told that if you think you're working hard and there's someone out there working harder. He's that he's guy definition. that's out there working yep. harder. He is. Like, that's how he operates. He's the first one on the ice and in he, practice. He, he's the last one off. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. he talked about it. I mean, we talked about there's there are not many pro hockey players who are coming out of Austria. Mm -hmm. You have to work harder to yeah. come out of these smaller nations where you don't have as many eyes on you, and, and he's he's proving that. So it's it's great to see, great conversation, and yep. as much as I would love to have him down here for, for a lot longer, it's, he, 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 will, he, he will deserves to be up he in the will, show, he and he deserves to, to get that. You and know, and, second, and I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what kind of an NHL player he's going to become. I don't know if he's going to be a perennial all-star. But he, he's going to play in the NHL, and I think mm -hmm. he's going to play in the NHL for a long time. I, I do really too. do. I really yep. do. Um, a couple other things I really just wanted to touch on. We It's been a while since we've made a podcast bet, so we do need something mm. like that. I know we're not going to sit here and try to brainstorm over it, but if there's anybody out there who's got something that we can you know, put a friendly little wager on, something that we want to be kind of involved in to some degree, and then figuring out what our punishment's going to be. So we're due for one of those uh, coming up here towards the yeah. end of the year. Mm -hmm. Um biggest things on 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 my end as you know doing my job director of marketing right yes I do sir wanna, i do want to talk about uh this russell dickerson concert so this episode is going to come out on tuesday we're recording this the day before the night day before the concert it's amazing i was able to scrape you out of the marketing office the day before 
the biggest marketing event of the year for the Iowa Wild. Here you are. Commitment to the pod. It's one of those things. It's like one of those knock on wood things. Like if we feel really good about it and as we should be, it's, it's projecting to be one of, if not the biggest nights that the Iowa Wild have ever had Um, from an attendance standpoint, from a, you know, how many tickets are out, all that good stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm so excited for it. I've never been here for a concert night, so I'm excited to see it. But just the amount of work that's been put in behind the scenes, our, our marketing team has hammered it. Like, home, everybody's hitting home runs, grandstands. I mean, like Marquis sitting in front of me, creating the videos to help us get promoted. Jess down him on social, hammering all, just crushing people with, which it might be a lot of times, but telling people about that's the concert. Marketing, though, right? man. That's what get you got to do. And same thing yeah. on emails yeah. and you know, everything we're running in game and, and just all the planning behind the scenes. It's, there's a lot that goes into it. So I'm really excited for it. It's going to be an awesome night. So for those people, you know, looking back on it now that you're listening to this Tuesday, hopefully if you were here for it, it was an unforgettable night for you as well. And, and hopefully leads us into what should be a, a fun playoff run and a fun push there. So, um, We've also got some other fun stuff happening in March. Later on in the month, we have our Joe Hicketts uh, Canadian Tuxedo oh, Bobblehead, which wait. he is – sorry about Joe Hicketts. We had our media day, which we kind of split into two parts. We had a second media day in January where we kind of covered the second half of the year. And and media day can be – it's it's not a pain for the guys, but it's just like it gets repetitive it's long, and, and it's, it's a, a long day, day. right? Yep. So, you know – Make sure guys hit every room they've got to go to, and and Joe, you know, he'll give you some flack every now and then. And be like, oh, I, I already did this, and he didn't do it, or I don't really <laughs> want to do this one, and you kind of you make him do it. But then we told him there was one room where like, hey, you know, your bobblehead's in there. If you want to go see it, he goes, we're like, but we're not going to show it to you until you you know you hit some of these other spots. And sure enough, starts knocking out the goes. rooms, and he goes and he sees the bobblehead, and and I, I'm sure we'll, we'll share his reaction somewhere. But uh, he he enjoyed it. The guys enjoyed it. And so it's it's just Joe Hicketts, cowboy hat, full denim tuxedo. Um, so I'm excited to give that one out to to the fans. I mean, again, you brought up the Elias Sports Bureau earlier on our podcast. Can we get a check if if there's ever been a Canadian tuxedo bobblehead done of a professional athlete before? I mean, I don't know if there's been a bobblehead done. I know uh, Milwaukee did do Canadian tuxedo jerseys, jerseys I've which seen those. were really those were cool. Great. Something those were that great. I just kicking myself that I didn't think of sooner, but that would have been cool to obviously do for this night. Yeah. I don't know that we've ever had the Yeah, way to head. go, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> God, get me out of here. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we've ever had that, but that'll be an exciting yeah. night. And then the following day, uh, we've got this Iowa Grown Night, which is really our, our celebration of, of 10 years here in Des Moines and our commitment and everything like that. We're going to have special jerseys. Uh, the jerseys are going to – we're going to start teasing them here soon, uh, but they were designed by a local artist – uh, Curtis Portinga, and he really, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to give it away, but did a fantastic job at really taking the Iowa brand, the Minnesota brand, and really connecting it to, you know, we are Iowa's team. We are here in Des Moines. So there's a lot of uh, fun little details, and we'll have a graphic coming out that kind of showcases all the, the fun little pieces on the jersey. But I think – I've only been here two years, but um, I think these are going to be some of the coolest jerseys that we've ever had from what I've seen from start to finish. And I would think these are ones that people are going to absolutely go crazy for. So I'm excited to roll those out. That's going to be an awesome day to wear those. And then uh, 
then we get into April. You got pucks and paws. You got beach day, uh, fan appreciation night, and then playoffs. God, it's crazy. It's crazy that that we're even here. It just, it really. Once you get past February, it just goes so fast, doesn't quick, it? Quick, quick, quick. Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> that it confounding does. month of February. Yeah, the one that Ben is yeah. soon to love so much. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see those jerseys. I don't know anything. I mean, I know the the theme, but I have I, I shown you the jerseys. No, you haven't shown me anything yet. I'm. Here's the deal. You're going to see Ben's instant reaction okay. to the jersey here. I'm going to show this him. Is a, this is a YouTube you're not exclusive. Gonna see it. I'm going to show exclusive. Ben. Okay. This is something that I think you're going to enjoy. All right. So here's what we are looking at for our. Okay. So I'm, I'll, I'll look away, and then you'll, they'll get the official. Okay. Here's, here's a look. Tell me when I'm ready. Ready. Don't fake it. Yeah, those are really legit. Wow. I'll show you some of my favorite details here, right here. I think that's a pretty cool patch sure to have on there, which I won't get into too much yeah, details. I don't yeah. want to reveal I anything. I think I get it. I think I get it. Again, I'm not a native Iowan. Yeah, that that to me, yeah. So uh-huh, cool. Uh-huh, yeah. So cool. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. people are going to go yeah. nuts over it. Those are two thumbs way up from this yeah. guy. So. Wow. Great way, to, great way to end the show. Uh, yeah. That's a great teaser. Um, wow, those are great jerseys. Oh, wow. And the, Yeah. It's all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. coming together. Yeah, 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 it's all coming together. Cool. Okay. Good stuff. Um, we miss anything? We just got to thank everybody, and yeah. then we can get out of here yeah. and enjoy the rest of the day before a busy, busy weekend. Yes. Well, for starters, Jeremy Core at Executive Podcast Solutions for helping us get this podcast out there uh, so all of you can tune into it. A big thank you to them for uh, being a partner of our show. Also to Explore Minnesota uh, and to Marquise Jones for editing our YouTube side of the podcast. So to Marco Rossi for a great chat um, and for changing his name to give us something to talk about. <laughs> also, Joey Goldstein, always a pleasure. Uh, I'm Ben Gislison. Thanks so much uh, to you as well for tuning in and for being fans of the show. We always appreciate it. We appreciate the love and the love comes right back out to you uh, this has been episode 17 of riding the bus the official i am a wild podcast and as always mr goldstein two hawks for the win